Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the beautiful studios of Relate365.com. I haven't done that in a while. I know. I was, That's I because guard. Yeah, I know you did a little bit, but I got it because you, you looked like you had, you know, a blank moment there. Oh, okay. Well, you, yeah, yeah. So I filled it in. That's good. That's good. It's, it's been a, a dot while. com, not that a dot like a, org like or a dot net. Or it's a dot com. Yeah. If you if you have no clue what we're just doing, you would have to listen to a previous episode. And where can where that. can they get those, Jason? You could go to relate three sixty five dot com to check those out. There, there you, go. you go. You got that without we a, got without it right a, or on your Q. favorite podcasting site because uh, we know that uh, we're out there. People have favorite podcasting sites. Yeah. All right. So if you have one, use it. Use it. That's what I'm younger thinking. and older, and if you see like a goofy logo, <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get rid of that. We're trying to purge that logo. Yes, yes. but it, it's still kind of vintage. So if you want to make a hat out of it, whatever, go ahead. But yes. it's not, it's not a logo that um, portrays the way we feel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't either. But just take it from <laughs> take it from me. That's the way it is. Uh, just take it and leave it. Okay. Yeah. You know, I've been, I, let me ask you some questions about, I, I really think that the world today, the church today, the society today yeah. is very entitled. Okay. And, and to be entitled means that everything around them becomes about them. Okay. So really their work is really about them. Their play is about them. Their money's about them. Their free time is about them. Their understandings are about them. And and once it becomes so focused about me, then I think everything is out of focus and it's distorted. Yeah. So how do we how do we put that aside? Well, that that's really hard. I think everybody. I, you know what I would like everybody to start off the day by saying something very simple like this. Only you put your name in there. Okay. I could start the day by saying, you know, God, you're God. I'm Dave, and that puts me in perspective right at the beginning of the day. Yeah. It. It's not overly profound or anything. It's just admitting the fact that Dave is very finite, that I'm very, I can only understand the things that I understand. And, and I know that doesn't make any sense when you say it that way, mm -hmm. but my understanding is limited. Yeah. And I'm talking to somebody whose understanding is not limited. Right. And so when you go look at that, you begin to say, okay, at least I have the perspective right to start the day. It's really not about Dave Wager. The sun doesn't come up because I made it doesn't go down because I make it. Rain doesn't come because I ask it to. Really, the world doesn't revolve around Dave Wager. It doesn't? No. Mm -hmm. And I have to, the funny thing is I have to tell myself that. Yeah. Because otherwise I start living as if it does. Mm -hmm. And if I live as if the world revolves around me, even though I wouldn't say it that way because that would be so arrogant. Uh -huh. If I live as if the world revolves around me, then I'm going to be miserable because the world doesn't revolve around me. The universe doesn't revolve around me. Yeah. It actually is revolving around God. Right. And I think here's how we can get it wrong. I mean, you can tell children from the time they're young, you're so valuable that God and everything he does is just focused on you. Mm -hmm. The truth is it should be the opposite. We should be focused on him. And yeah. that, yes, God is very interested in us. He's, he's focused on our, what's good for us. Um, I just told a story of a young mom who had her son in the in the grocery store, and he was wanting to push one of those little kid carts. Yes, you know? I, I know the feeling. Yeah. And so mm. she said, sure, as long as you do what I ask you to, you can do it. And in the middle of it, he started running into people and doing things or whatever. <laughs> I know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and so 
she took it away and left the cart right there. And the rest of the time, it was like, you know, you don't care for me. I get, Where's my cart? You know, I get to. No, you didn't do what I told you. See, now she is trying to train this young man yeah. to be responsible. Yeah. And this young man was totally focused on what I want to do, what I feel, what I think. And all of a sudden, life's miserable. Right. But not because of any reason that's legitimate on the kid's part, but because mom was right in doing this. She's trying to train him to be a certain kind of young man. Yeah. Um, and when you look at it, God does the same thing to us. I mean, he gives us privilege, mm -hmm. but then we abuse it. Yeah. And when we abuse it, then he takes it away and we get mad at him. Yeah. So how does that make sense? You know, and I think it's something that as a culture, like you said, I think all of us need to hear that. Yeah. Because I think a lot of us think when we talk about, you know, being selfish in that way, oh, that's not me. Yeah. You know, but a lot of times even the motives, even if you don't see the motives, you know, are like that. Right. You know, and I think it's a constant reminder because that's a temptation. Yep. You know, because because even when I think about sin, Dave, and, and, and the things that we struggle with, whether personally as a culture, all that sort of stuff at the core of it is selfishness. If you think about Absolutely. it, Absolutely. you know, and that's that's really the root cause of it. It's it's taking it out of God's hands and saying, you know what, my way is better Yep. at, at its core. You know, I might be oversimplifying a little bit. But but when you think about, you know, the sins that, that people struggle with, whether it be pornography, self-image. You know, there might be other factors that play into it, but at the core of it, you're making it about you. Yeah. And that's the hard part. And if you, it, here's how you know you're doing that, because what happens eventually is you begin, and we've said this line before, but you begin to use what you should love hmm. and love what you should use. Yeah. There, you know, you should use money. Right. But people love money. Right. You should use your car. People love cars. Mm-hmm. You don't use your spouse. Mm -hmm. You don't use people and friendships. You love people. But so often, if you're a business leader or you're just an individual trying to make, you'll use somebody for your own benefit. So when you start using people instead of loving people, mm -hmm. I think that's when you get into all kinds of pornography, all kinds of stuff like that, because you're willing to use them yeah. and not love them. Because if you love them, you wouldn't be doing that. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't be doing anything that hurts them. Yeah. And likewise, people use God and they don't love him. Mm -hmm. You know, they kind of look and say, okay, you know, God, since you're God and you have all power, you should be focused totally on my comfort, you know, my, my money, my... So what they want is a God that they can use rather than the God that they can love. Mm -hmm. I think people are confused about what love actually is. Yeah, do you think it's because of the way that culture is now? I, I think portrayed? No, I, I think it goes all the way back to the time of Job. Uh, Job maybe the oldest book in the Bible, and I think the whole struggle in the book of Job was really the idea that does Satan wanted to destroy and show that nobody understood what love was. He was trying to destroy the concept of love. So what happened is God pointed out Job and said, you know, Satan came and talked to him, and, and he said, have you considered my servant Job? And Job immediately said, well, he loves you because you give him stuff. Mm. So he immediately went after the concept of love and, and defined it as God only loves you when you get stuff from him. Yeah. Okay, so then God said, really? Take it all away, and all of heaven started to watch. And, and 
you know, you talk about a tragic day. I mean, he lost all his kids, lost all his stuff. Everything. Yeah, and, and all of a sudden, but he never cursed God because he understood love. He understood that love didn't have to do with the things that were given to him. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, you know, he says he sees Satan again, and Satan says, you know, I've been roaming the earth, and God says, so have you checked out Job since you've taken everything away from him? And Satan throws another one at him. Well, yeah, you didn't touch his health. You touch a man's health, and he'll curse you to his face, you know. God says, okay, but you can't kill him, but go ahead and damage him. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, Satan's loose and damages him. And, okay, once again, what is Satan claiming? He doesn't curse you, God, because you do not take away his health. If you took away his health, then he would say, oh, you don't love me anymore. Mm -hmm. But that's not love. It's like the kid in the cart. You don't let me push the cart. You don't love me, Mom. I mean, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So it, it, there's a lot more going on here than Job could ever realize even. And what eventually happened, and the reason this is so fascinating is because the next bulk of the book has to do with Job's three friends that come. Yeah, All three of them are confused with love and what it means. Yeah. It's not that they weren't good friends. They were confused. So they came and they said, certainly, Job, you did something wrong. That's why God did this. See, that's the confusing part of love. Mm -hmm. We think we're performing all the time, and if we if we if have we any do, stress yeah. in our life, we're, it's then we because did something wrong. Yeah, right. It may not be that way. Yeah, there are people today that have cancer that have done nothing wrong. This is life. You're going to die of something. Mm -hmm. There are people that you know get in car accidents. Maybe you change lanes when you shouldn't. I have no idea. But the bottom line really is that every human that ever lived will die. They will die of something, and sin has caused us to be separated from God. We understand that. And God loves and wants us to live in the manner that he created us to. It's not mm -hmm. that complicated to figure out. Yeah. And so love is constantly being distorted in that way. So if you have love being attacked, now if you think that love means I am never going to get sick, I am going to be wealthy, I am going to be comfortable, every, you know, the world revolves around me and that's what love is, then you don't understand love. Mm -hmm. So God, who's defined as love, is confusing to you because you've defined him as your sugar daddy, as your whatever you want to call him sure, out there. Sure. And and so since he doesn't perform like you want him to and he's not totally having the world revolve around you, you reject him. Yeah. And that would be as if a child in the grocery store went to a mom and said, you're no longer my mom because you don't act like my mom should act and let me push this cart. Mm-hmm. Everybody who would hear that argument would look at the boy and tap him on the head and go, nice kid. You know, basically, he doesn't understand life. Right, right. And I think sometimes the angels must tap us on the head and go, nice kid. They don't understand life. Mm -hmm. Because it's not about that. You know, love is, is not that complicated. Yeah. Um, but I think we have to be careful not to use what we should love. Yeah. And not to love what we should use. And um, so use your money. For what? To love people. Yeah. To love God. Use your talents to love people, to love God. Yeah. Love people, love God, and you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And if you get that confused at all, you're going to be somewhat self-centered and entitled. Yeah. Um, so I think it's not that difficult to understand. I would encourage our, our uh, listeners to go back and read the whole book of Job through and mm -hmm. see what it says. Yeah. Because it's fascinating when you look at it through the eyes of, okay, Satan is trying to distort love. And very possibly the book of Job is the oldest book in the Bible. It may not be, but very possibly it is. And so it's, it doesn't tell about creation, obviously, but 
And if it is the oldest book, I find it fascinating that the first message that God wants to get to us is one of a confused love Hmm. and not one of creation, even though that would be preceded. Right. You know, in a time graph, if you have one. So, yeah. You know, and I think if you have that perspective, it it changes the way you live every everyday life, you know, knowing that that God loves you unconditionally. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we say that. But to really, like you said, to wake up in the morning and to real reset our, our perspective on life and just a reminder, you know, I'm not God. Right. You know, and it shouldn't evolve around us, you know, because then as you go through the highs and lows of life, it's not necessarily based on your performance. It's not based on, well, I should have been a better person because that's not what God's love is based on. Absolutely. You know? It was based on the fact that he just loved us. It had nothing to do with how good we are. If it had to do with how good we are, <laughs> yeah. At what level would well, he love you? Yeah. What, what? What? How good is good enough? Yeah. You know, and so I think I think I think that'd be. I mean, it's so simple, but so radical at the same time. If we were to live each day with that perspective of facing eternity, you know, it would change even the way that we lived our life. Absolutely. You know, you take advantage of it more. Yeah, and that uh, most of the things in the Bible that are actually life altering are simple. They're not difficult. Right. And the idea of love is not difficult to understand. Yeah. In fact, it's very easy. And God describes it. If you love God, you listen to him. You obey him. Yeah. If you love each other, you're looking for ways to make sure the other person is successful in life. Mm-hmm. You you protect them. You guard them. You help them learn. You do things in life. You use your resources to help them become what they should become. Very important that that happen. And as we go through the understanding, you know, I, I, there's... There's all these little phrases I've come up with in, in life, and one of them we just threw out. You know, if you're going to use what you should love or love what you should use, you're going to be in trouble. Those are simple things that help me keep focused. But there's another one, too. If you were to come to me, and, and through the years, there have been many young people have come to me and just said, you know, this tragedy happened in my life, and now I'm wondering about, you know, the goodness of God. And, that, and I'm, I'm looking, and I'm saying, okay, that's, that's fine. Yeah, but let me talk you through it. I I would ask him before anything else. I'd say, could you tell me what you know about God? Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear what you're feeling right now. I want to know what you know. Yeah. So let's say I was talking to you. I'd say, do you know that God loves you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know that He's not random? Yeah. Do you know then He has a plan? Yeah. Now, how do you feel? Yeah, changes your perspective. That's right. You don't start with what you feel and move to what you know. Yeah. You start with what you know and move to what you feel. Mm-hmm. And what you know adjusts what you feel. Yeah. And if it's going the other way around, you have a distorted idea of God. And our culture is really feelings first. So, so their idea of God is distorted because they're not thinking it through from the knowledge point. Yeah. Um, so if you know who God is, and, that, and really that little counseling tip to anybody is huge because you want to start with what you know. Now, the problem is someone might go, you know, I don't know that God loves me. Okay, well, that's your issue. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if you honestly don't believe God loves you, then your feelings are going to be in line with that. Yeah. You know, if you honestly think that that God is your sugar daddy or something, then, okay, your feelings are going to be in line with that when you don't get what you want. Mm-hmm. So now, now there's a problem because you've learned who God is wrong or wrongly or whatever the right word is there. Yeah. Um, and that's what you have to work on is mm-hmm. figuring out I need to know the truth and I need to remind myself of what I know. Yeah. Um, 
So when there's tragedies that happen, like even a storm that happened here at Silver Birch Ranch, I think one of the first things that I have to remind myself always is uh, God does love us all. This is his place. Yeah. He doesn't act randomly. Therefore, he's got a plan. Yeah. Okay, God, show us the plan. Yeah. And we even talked about that in a previous episode. Absolutely. We beg the question, you know, because we're thankful that we're only talking about trees, but we're like, you know, if it was different, if somebody did lose their life, would we react the same? Right. You know, and. Well, and we're surrounded by people who are losing their lives due to various causes. Right. Whether it be a storm or cancer. Right. You know, it's, it's just a reality of life. Absolutely. You know, and the Bible even talks about this. This is a temporary place. Yep. And when you think of eternity, this is just a mere blip on the map. Yeah. You know, but because, you know, Satan does everything he can to get us, he wants us to get wrapped up in this world, you know, wrapped us in the centrality of having us at the center of that world that we lose sight of that perspective. Absolutely. You know, and, and we're sold on this misperception of what life is all about rather than constantly reminding of that. It's funny because <clears throat> I've been on Facebook for a while. Um, and so for those of you on Facebook, every now and then it reminds you of your memories. And so yesterday I came up with a, a post I put 10 years ago, and I have no clue where this is from. So if, I, if it's quoting a quote, I apologize for not quoting the person who quoted it. But I think it's very applicable to our discussion. And all I wrote on the post was, true faith means holding nothing back. It bets everything on the hope of eternity. Yep. You know, and that just blew me away because it's so simple yet so profound. Yep. You know, like if we were to truly live for eternity, it would drastically change the way that we live the here and now. Yeah. You know. Uh, uh, and yet oftentimes we have to wait for, for almost a tragedy to do it. We do. Let's put it in perspective a little yeah. bit. I mean, let's let's bring it down to a simple level. Bring it down. Bring it um, down. Mm. Yeah, uh, there you go. Is that sorry. a is that a song? I don't know. I was trying to learn your your, your My Swedish, Swedish rap. rapping ways. So y'all, y'all it's way beyond me. anyone who. You know, it's way beyond. Way beyond. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that yeah. for another time in another place? I, I guess it would be. <laughs> um, you know, here's the simple. Again, go back to what we know, not what we feel. Yeah. So. You're going to be dead a whole lot longer than you're alive. Is that correct? No, absolutely. Everyone who ever lived died except for Jesus, yep. and he died and came back. But everyone yeah. else never came back to life yet. They're just dead. Yeah. Correct? Right, correct. Yep. Okay, so to live as if death isn't going to happen is ridiculous at best mm-hmm. because that's more certain than life itself. Yeah. So when you think about eternity, you think about, okay, what is eternity about? When you read the Bible through, you realize eternity is about God correcting the things that went wrong here. So in eternity, people who have put their uh, trust in Christ, they've chosen Christ to be their payment for sin. They'll be not separated from God for eternity. So he's corrected that for eternity. They Mm -hmm. won't be separated from him. My family, as they put their trust in Jesus Christ, when they die, they too will be with God for eternity. So we will not be separated again for eternity. Yeah. And, and those are important perspectives to live today with, is the idea that God in eternal, for those who respond to him and put their trust in Christ, he fixes all the mess on this earth. Right. And that's what gives us hope. And I'll bring it down to a very practical level. My I've had relatives who have been terminally ill and very old. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, my own mom, who had uh, several strokes and basically suffered tremendously. One of her arms just quit working totally. Her one leg barely worked. And, and towards the end of her life, it was, it was difficult for her to do anything. Swallow, walk, move, just difficult. Yeah. Every day was um, spent surviving to the end of the day, and somebody had to help her do that. Mm-hmm. When you think of somebody in that condition, when you think of death, what you think of is that's her only way to get better at this point. Yeah. Somebody who is the age she was is not going to come back as a 15-year-old all of a sudden at that age and be able to do the things that she used to do. Mm-hmm. She needs to die so that she can get better because in eternity she's not going to have that body that failed. Yeah. She's also going to have a reunion with my father who went before her. She's not going to be separated from the people and the God that she loves ever again. Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen. When you live with eternity in mind, you begin to be able to go through the hardest moments of life realizing that they're a blessing and not a curse. Yeah. Because you, you understand that the things that need to be corrected can only be corrected in death. And so when my mom died, there were tears. There was also an immense amount of joy. Because I could picture, finally, that body that lay in that coffin. Mm -hmm. It was so broken. It was so unusable that it was a prison for her. Mm -hmm. It was no longer something that that, you you would aspire to have. Right. And in a sense, the death was so welcome because it freed her for the first time in many years where she was finally free, free from sin, free from the presence of sin, free from being separated again free from deception. She was now in the Savior's arms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Bible, I think, makes it clear. You go and you can read in the New Testament the story about the rich man and, and Lazarus, and, and they both died, and Lazarus was a poor beggar. And it tells us that when Lazarus died, uh, Christ carried, uh, or, or an angel carried him to uh, Abraham's bosom, took him in, and took care of him. The minute he died, he was carried. The rich man also died, but he was godless. And the next line on his was, he was buried. So one got carried, one got buried. Hmm. And then it goes, in hell, which is the next phrase, the rich man, that's where he ended up. Now, it wasn't, he wasn't in hell because of his riches. He was there because he was godless. Hmm. His whole life, he was spent looking at this life, obviously, and I'm speculating some here. Yeah. But, you know, making money, running businesses, focusing on the things that... Basically, you should use and not love. And so you go through life and you watch this. And at the end of life, the only one that could tell you what really happens after life is Jesus because he's been there and Jesus is telling the story. Mm-hmm. And he basically says the rich man then was, was down in, in this terrible place of torture. And he looked up across this gulf and he saw the, the beggar with, and, you know, with Abraham. Yeah. And he wanted the beggar to come and put a few drops of water on his tongue. Mm-hmm. And Lazarus wouldn't do it because he couldn't. But then he had only one other request. Would you go back and tell my brothers that this place is real? Mm. Or would you let me go back and tell them it's real? Yeah. You know, I mean, somehow we need someone to go say to those who are living right now that eternity is real. Right. And that if you ignore God, you're going to regret ignoring him. 
So I'm saying that to all that are listening today, Jason, that eternity is real. Yeah. And if you're going to reject God or ignore God, you're going to regret that very much. Mm-hmm. And one day, the only thing that you're really going to want to do if you've rejected God is go back and tell the people that have rejected God, don't do that Hmm. because it'll be that bad. Yeah. But you have time right now, you know, to change that. And we invite you to to go to Relate365.com and contact us. Right. And talk to us about the idea of you not knowing what's going on and really wanting to get your relationship with God straight because you're not looking at eternity. Because eternity will come to everybody. It's not just a few people that go into eternity. Everybody will. Yeah. And some are very hopeless today. And that's not a good thing to be hopeless. God mm-hmm. didn't meant to mean us to be in a hopeless state. Mm-hmm. One of the cool things is anybody, if you love God, you put your trust in Christ and God's family. You're never really alone at the scariest moment of life. Right. You know, Lazarus begging, trying to get food. Dogs are licking his sores. He dies. And immediately, the angels are there to take care of him. Yeah. Now, we don't know everything about angels. We don't know everything about how things are transported. You know, we don't know. Yeah, there's a lot we don't know. No. <laughs> and we don't need to. Because yeah. we don't rest in what we know. We rest in what's true. Right. So you might say, well, that's a strange statement. No, there's a lot of things that are true that I don't know anything about. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where the word faith comes in. Um, somebody made the universe, makes it work like it does, et cetera. That's God. Yeah. Do I know how he did it and all that? No, but but see, that's where faith again comes in. It's It's obvious that he made the universe, and it's obvious that it's in a certain pattern, and I'm part of it. And it's obvious that man dies. I mean, mm-hmm. it's obvious that we're only here for so long. So I want to encourage the listeners that, you know, if you're using what you should love, you're going to be a miserable person because you need to um, not do that. Mm -hmm. You should love people and love God, but not use them. And you should use things so that you can love. Yeah. Um, And if you're constantly depressed and angry about life and angry about God, perhaps you don't know him. Mm -hmm. And if you do know him, you need to start with what you know and not what you feel. Yeah. So that you're okay at the end. Because what you know will change what you feel. It will guide what you feel. Yeah. But if you go the other way, what you feel will guide what you think you know. Mm -hmm. So you need to start with knowing something, not feeling something. Yeah. And every child that has ever been born starts with feeling something. Yeah. They feel that, you know, that's all they do. They're Mm -hmm. hungry. They whine. They need their diaper changed. They scream. They. They want food, they scream. So they, <laughs> There's a lot of screaming involved. Yeah, yeah there is. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you start that way in life. Right. You start saying, my feelings are directing me. Yeah. And it takes a whole lifetime yeah. to move to where your knowledge directs you. And your knowledge directs your feelings. Yeah. So anyway, if, I, I encourage you, uh, think about these things. And I think the, the next time we get together, Jason, let's go in and, and read some scripture and talk about some things that happen to people that really know God and yeah. really go the right direction in that. Yeah. And if, if our discussion today made you made you think or even raise some questions, I encourage you to reach out to whether it be us or, or somebody at your church, a small group leader, that sort of thing. We we and they, I'm sure, would, would love to would talk more and further with you. So feel free to head over to Relate365.com and you can reach out to us there. Or if you want to listen to more conversations that we've had, you can also download our old podcasts 
uh, our previous podcast, I should say, and, and just continue to listen and continue to be challenged and grow so that you can live with eternity in mind. But for now, uh, we're out of time. And so we thank you for joining us. This is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older, and we will see you here next time. Take care. Bye-bye.